when we're talking about change, one of the confusing things is what is the process? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it our heart or is it our mind? Which which is the leading foot? And ultimately, how does that look? What What is ultimately the process of change today? Andy and I are going to talk about it. Well, welcome to Hope and Recovery. This is a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and our relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics all centered around the Beatitudes and the Celebrate Recovery principles where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, gives us the power to face our hurts, those hangups, how we see ourselves, God, and others and circumstances, and ultimately change those nasty habits that are creating wreckage in our life to new healthy practices as we deal and face with those broken relationships that are around us. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the ministry leader at Fellowship Bible Church in Rogers Celebrate Recovery. Hey, welcome. So glad you're joining us today. I'm excited. Uh, Andy uh, Petrie is with me today, and we're going to unpack this topic on change. So, Andy, thanks for jumping on again today, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. You bet. May I introduce yourself and uh, we'll jump into a conversation on this? Yeah, sure. Hey, y'all. I am a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with anxiety and depression, sexual addiction and grief. And my name is Andy. Hey, Andy. So, Andy, we we're just kind of wrestling with this. Um, and maybe you can kind of set the context of, of where you're kind of getting this thought. But but just the idea of uh, kind of the emotion versus understanding heart versus mind. Uh, let's kind of just set the table so we can jump into that conversation. Yeah. You know, I was reading a little bit uh, this past week and I ran across a quote that I really, uh, it just really resonated with me. It's uh, from a guy uh, and I can't remember his name. It's uh, Dave Ferguson said that change is always composed of both emotion or the heart and understanding or the head. Hmm. And, uh, I, uh, as I was thinking about that, I, I thought back to my own recovery journey. And one of the questions that I had was how in the world do I even change? And, and what is the process? What's the order to things? And it was this idea that if I can just figure it out, if somebody would just tell me the right information, mm-hmm. then I could figure this whole thing out and I'd be fixed. And, uh, you know, I know there's, there's oftentimes that I I've heard well-meaning people say, that, uh, you know, uh, I've got to, I've got to know the truth and then allow my emotions to fall under the truth. And I don't totally disagree with that, but mm. I think sometimes the order can get a little off. And so I just chewing on that. It's like, man, you know, and I love how you put, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? You know, <laughs> yeah. what comes first? Is it really the mind? Is it really the emotion? Is it really the same every time. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. What is it? Um, gosh, I think it's in Proverbs 29. I'm kind of going for memory. I should have written this down, but of 29, seven, but as a man thinks, I, I, I memorized the, the King James version as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to think about how our heart, um, can think. And we yeah. don't, we don't typically think about that, that, 
that can there be, I mean, are there times when we experience something, we think through our heart, which brings a greater understanding uh, through our emotions because they kind of get our attention. We talked about that on a prior podcast, just how our emotions, learning how to pay attention to our emotions, but how do our emotions bring understanding? Yeah. And is this right thinking? And uh, ultimately moving to a place of leaning into that and saying, what, what is happening here? Let's, let's uh, organize this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's coming to my mind, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And uh, there, as a man thinketh in his heart. And I think there's times where I will have thoughts come up that elicit powerful emotion in me. Mm. But then there's times where when emotions crop up in certain situations, it teaches me yeah. something or I buy into or and I make, a, make an agreement with a certain situation. And then that becomes a thought that I operate out of. Yeah. 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 And, and that's so important. I mean, we talked about this again on a prior podcast, but just, um, you know, if it, it reminds me that whatever we seek first will organize every other aspect of our life, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. So yeah. if in my heart I have anxiousness, right. And you could make an argument that's in my brain, but it's impacting my heart, yeah. right? If I'm thinking in my heart, my heart is being impact and just feeling this anxiousness in my body. Um, then whatever, if I'm in a place of anxiousness, if I'm seeking worry, that's organizing my life to, um, so, so is he. As yeah. a man thinketh in his heart, it, so is he. So if I'm in that place of worry and angst, then that's where I am. That's who I become. That's what I'm living. That's how I'm responding. Doesn't mean I want to stay there, uh, but... It, the the emotion side of it, I, I think sometimes it's it's good to think about they're not one and the same, or they're not two separate things, but sometimes they're one and the same. So I'm feeling something which gives me an understanding of what's happening around me. Yeah. And that's what we talked before, just that whole idea of uh, accepting Whew, my life is unmanageable. So there's a head knowledge there, but there's already there's also a heart knowledge in that. Yeah. Like going, ooh, this feels wrong. It feels bad. It feels overwhelming. I can see and think with my mind that this is off. And so sometimes it's kind of meshed together. They're not necessarily two separate entities, are they? No, no, they're not. And it's interesting just to even think about that that reality is that they are so closely intertwined in mm -hmm. there. And so, uh, man, what would you say the role of emotional uh, understanding has in recovery? Hmm. Well, I think I think that's a good good thought to chew on. I'm kind of chewing on it in the moment here, but <laughs> I think I think that understanding and, and we hear this a lot, you know, I don't know what I'm feeling. And yet it's sitting in our body. Yeah. Um, we're down. We feel depressed. We feel anxious. We feel disconnected. Uh, we're feeling these things, and yet we don't know how to put it into words. So, and I think it's important to say, if you don't know the words that make sense, and we were just sharing that with a group recently, so, you know, some of our incoming residents, that 
even if you don't know what you're feeling, you can't put it into words, at least stay curious about how it's sitting in your body. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think the emotions can be a good teacher because pain is a teacher. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't think of pain. We feel pain. That feels hurtful. That feels that place of rejection uh, makes me feel inept. It makes me feel lonely. It makes me feel sad. So I think it's it's kind of the facing the reality of what's happening in front of me and how is that impacting me. And if we can if we can name that and explain that and put that to words, and that ultimately will help us to find an understanding of the way things are. Yeah. Uh, how we're feeling the way things are so that we can ultimately uh, move into a different experience of healing and a new understanding as we talk about those healthy practices, healthy truths, new understanding of how my, I see myself, uh, God knows. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. You know, what's, what's in my brain right now, I always joke that uh, it was only after I found sobriety that I found out that I had these things called emotions Yeah, and <laughs> I needed to organize them. And, you know, of course I'm being a little facetious with that. I knew that they were there. I just didn't know how to process them well. And, well, and, and before you go forward on that, let's talk about that because that in addictions, our whole mission statement is to not feel. Yeah. In fact, if we feel in addictions, a lot of times it's hard for us to learn how to put things into words because feeling actually was a danger cue for us. Yeah. That hurts. Get me out of this. And so that I mentioned that on one of the addiction podcasts that most psychological problems that we see are direct results of us trying to run from our problems. Yeah. And so I just to honor that, it's like it makes sense that you you didn't understand what emotions were because you were running from it. Because who wants to feel that? But it's learning how to feel uh, in a healthy way. So I just wanted to, to speak into that as you said that. Yeah, and that's... Sense. And that's so good because I think kind of what I'm organizing as, as we're jumping into this conversation is even to that idea of what is the process for change. Mm -hmm. For me, I didn't have a lot of emotional intelligence walking into the recovery process. I knew I had strong emotions that, to your point that you just said, I was trying to avoid in whatever way, shape, or form I could. Yeah. And so what I needed was I needed to hear other men organize their emotion hmm. so that I could understand how to organize mine. Yeah. And I think about the power for me of sitting in, uh, well, you know, I've told this story a lot in, <laughs> on this podcast, but one time early on in my recovery, sitting with my sponsor, Tim, after I had relapsed and he asked me, Hey, all right, man. So why did you do that? And I just said, I don't know. I just, I just, Felt like relapsing. And he goes, no, man, something was going on. And then he gave me examples of his life yeah. where he had relapsed in the emotions that he was feeling in the way that he ran from it. And listening to him organize it helped me to go, oh, my gosh, I think I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it helped me to organize my story through his vulnerability. And so I think vulnerability... And, and being able to sit with another guy, for me, I needed some of that head knowledge mm -hmm. so that I could start going to my heart. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, because 
it, it is important to know that it's not just sitting around and talking about our emotions, uh, although there's a humongous value to that because we have dishonored that, we've numbed it, we've shamed it, we've run away from it. Um, but if we don't insert a new understanding as we're processing the emotion, we stay stuck in the emotion. Yeah. So that that's what I love about Celebrate Recovery is um, it's not just enough to say, I feel sad, I feel rejected, I feel desperate, whatever the, the feeling, the emotion is. Um, but also replacing it with new thoughts, but, and I love that, but God, yeah. but God, anytime we see that word, but in the scriptures, it means we're, you know, God's about to tell us the exact opposite of what we just heard. Right. Yeah. Um, but God is with me and he loves me and he will never leave me nor forsake me. And so it's taking in these new truths I have to kind of, I was talking about this in a, the teaching, the spiritual inventory part two is like, this is not to shame when we're, when we're doing an inventory that it's, it's powerful to acknowledge who, who the person is, the place, the organization is that hurt me, what they did specifically to hurt me. But I think those center two columns are probably uh, two of the most important columns in the inventory process. They're all valuable. But I think if, to what we're speaking with, emotion and understanding is yeah. the effect and damage. How did that, what emotions come up when I think about those actions? And how did that affect my my cognitive? How did my distorted thinking how did that uh, cause me to think differently about God or my family or myself or my circumstances and ultimately getting to my part? And the my part is just understanding these are the things I found myself doing as a result of the thinking and the feeling that I may have numbed out or ran from or got so entrenched in some faulty thinking that you know, it's that whole thing. If I if I believe I'm a failure, usually my actions are confirming what I'm believing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's so good. It, yeah. yeah, just thinking through like the importance of like for me, I needed to hear another guy. Uh, I needed to understand that it was okay to go to my emotions, and so that was a major understanding shift. Yeah. I needed to hear somebody organize it and honor their own emotions so that I could honor and allow myself to feel mine. Yeah. And as I jumped into trying to organize and honor my own emotions and understanding what those emotions were saying mm-hmm. about myself to that idea of those middle columns on the inventory sheet, the effect and the damage, what were those messages yep. that my wounds taught me? It was out of that that I learned what I needed to even further understand Mm. and what were the things that were the core misunderstandings in my life about me and the way that God related to me, my relationships, my situations, all of those things. Well, and just thinking like medically, um, you know, if you go to the doctor, I know you've had some physical stuff with your hips and stuff and, you know, you went, I can remember you going several appointments and they're they were watching you they're watching your body 
They're watching how you move, the way you stood, your posture. There was a, a this process of understanding why your body was tilting the same, the way it was, and 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 just kind of trying to figure that to try to come up with an understanding, not so that we can just say, well. That's too bad. Just I hope it works out for you. Yeah. But there was a plan. It's like, okay, well, let's let's create a strategy here to maybe change. And we can't always change physically. Sometimes we, there's things out of our control. But I think the metaphor applies spiritually and in our recovery. We're understanding why we're doing what we're doing, why our posture is the way it is, so that we can ultimately create a new track, understand the way it is, honor that understand it so that we can ultimately take responsibility for our part and create a new track. You were going to say, yeah, (laughs) well, just to take, just to take that illustration a step further, what led me into getting my body checked out was that there was some physical pain that I was feeling. And so there was a level of, of feeling that was happening. But when they started looking at my body they were surprised that I didn't have more pain going on because mm. my body was hiding so much more of it. And so sometimes when we walk into the recovery, there is a base level. I feel miserable, Yeah, but there we're lacking a deeper understanding of the pain that we've buried over. Yeah. Hold that thought. I want to come right back to that. Our pain kind of gets our attention and we'll, we'll come right back, continue that conversation. Uh, talking about uh, the process of change. When we come back, we'll continue that. Stick with us. Hey family, if you're looking for a time to connect, I just want to remind you, we have something called Connection Cafe at Celebrate Recovery. Now, sometimes it's easy to look at that as just a time to eat. And uh, believe me, I love food, but Connection Cafe meal. And then on the back end of the night, Connection Cafe coffee and desserts is to take in some food and coffee and soft drinks, that kind of thing. But it's to connect with other people. I want to encourage you, if you're not taking part in that, Jump into Connection Cafe, 6 p.m. and then 9 p.m. after small groups. Welcome back. Talking with Andy. I'm Rodney Holmstrom. We're talking about the process of change. And Andy, right before we went to break, we were just talking about how um, pain is a kind of good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Continue that thought, man. You're on a good thought there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking about how, uh, you know, I had some stuff going on with my body. Yeah. And, uh, there were, I, I went into the doctor to get understanding about what was going on with my body. And what led me into that was the fact that I felt some physical pain. Yeah. And as I started digging into why that pain was going on is that I got opinions from an outside perspective mm. and they were looking at some more of the reality of my body. There was shock that I wasn't feeling more pain in my life for what was going on. And uh, I think that's very, very true. So like I talked about, uh, you know, before the break, how when I got into recovery, it was, it almost felt like I was starting at an understanding point, but really what got me into recovery was the emotional misery that I was in Hmm. because of the addictions that were going on in my life. And as I got into the process, I realized that pain got my attention, Mm. but the pain that I felt 
was just a symptom of the deeper pain that I had buried. Yeah. Well, and I think that's important. So just speak into the emotions and the understanding that we kind of let off with the heart and the thinking. Um, you had um, a felt need. You yes. were feeling something. This hurts. And an understanding that this is not working anymore. Yeah. And understanding the path that I'm going, feeling this way is not working. So it's interesting just to think about that, put that into words. Then you go to someone, a source, to get more information, new information. It's like, hey, let me tell you my symptoms, um, and I need to, I need to um, face this so that I can have a new felt experience and a new understanding. So we're talking about yeah. in Celebrate Recovery, we walk through the doors. A lot of times we have a felt need. It's like, ah, this hurts, and my understanding is... I, this is a mess. I can't do this anymore. I, okay, I give up. <laughs> I give up on my way of doing this. Um, I'm tired of feeling this way. Um, I want to feel something different. And my understanding of my life and recovery is a little bit distorted. I want to gain a new understanding. And in Celebrate Recovery, we get both of those, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to think of, like, in my addictions and in my coping mechanisms, all I wanted to do was run from the pain, but allowing myself to feel pain and seek help mm. is what actually put me on healing. So the healing from the pain was to lean into what the pain was saying yeah, and then understand that. Yeah. And so... How do, what does that practically look like? I mean, just thinking about our own recovery. I mean, I can think about when I came in feeling pain and my understanding. I mean, I had some really distorted views of myself specifically, but even the church as a whole. Yeah. Um, are people safe? We even felt that just in recent group, you know, this brand new group and you could just feel the tension in the room. Some guys going, I don't know if I can trust you guys. And so there's an understanding there. There's a feeling there and doesn't mean it's necessarily right, but we have to honor, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I understand um, community looks like because I've been dropped by other people in, in authority positions or in a church position, whatever, then my understanding is this is the way it's always going to be. And so, I've always kind of come up with my own strategy. And what does that look like to, why is it important to lean into that and not just accept that old way of feeling and understanding? Yeah, I think for me, yeah, I think the pain came because what I was doing wasn't working. Mm. And when I leaned into what I was feeling and when I, started to see the reality that what I was doing wasn't working. I had a choice. Yeah. I could ignore that and keep doing what I've done and keep getting what I've gotten. Yeah. Or I can stay curious that maybe there's another way forward. And as I dug into that pain, it was rather than avoiding the pain, that pain that I was feeling was actually because there was a longing that was being missed there. Yeah. And as I dug into what that longing was, mm -hmm. understanding that the way I've been trying to fulfill that longing hasn't been working, yeah, 
I could start learning what the true fulfillment to my deeper longings was. Yeah. Well, and it just made me think too, just the value um, we shared this last night, I keep going back to, cause it's just fresh on my mind. You and I are leading a group together. The, um, the value of the listening part, because we, we do a lot of processing, you know, evaluating our, our feelings and our understanding. But when I, when I get, and this is why old timers in a group is so important. Yeah. It's like, well, I've already dealt with stuff, you know, okay. But part of your recovery is sharing even today. How did you stay out of, how did you bring your pain forward today when you were let down and how are you, um, continuing to feed your mind and your heart with new healthy understanding so you don't go back to that old place right but it's so important that that even thinking about a typical open share uh, friday nights for us are so critical those open share groups and i always walk out of there encouraged but i'm only an hour meeting i'm sharing five minutes of 60 minutes (laughs) (laughs) it's like wow was that productive I mean, if you talk to some, it's like, well, if you only were able to share five minutes, that must have been a waste of time. But the majority of the time is listening, isn't it? And what's the value of me dealing with my emotions and creating a new understanding in listening to other people? Yeah. Well, as as I listen to other people, one of the things that was so crazy to me is realizing how, uh, you know, there's a friend of ours uh, down in Fayetteville that says the phrase, we may not all be in the same boat, but we're all in the same swamp. Yeah. Understanding that our emotions uh, in the way that we process can be really, really similar. And so when I'm listening to a group of guys share, every time I'm in a group, I'm hearing guys, it feels like they're reading parts of my journal in there. And I see myself in their sharing and as they share things using language that I've never used, I learn different ways to organize what's going on in my life, which leads to deeper understanding yeah. and deeper realization of either lies that I've been holding on to mm-hmm. uh, in, in misconceptions of myself or just being able to make sense of what's going on. And as I make sense of that, I experience healing in that. And I can actually, and it, it, you know, I don't want to get too, too crazy on uh, brain science of change, but I know one thing that happens is that when we remember hard things mm-hmm. uh, and we take shame and hard memories and share them in a safe place and we're caught in that place, that actually changes our emotions that are tied to some of those memories in a very simplified way of saying it. And so it helps me to have new emotional experiences, which is some emotional change as I'm gaining uh, head, head change understanding. Well, yeah, that's so good. That's what I love about our open share group. So if you've been skipping out on the open share and <laughs> you're not in a small group, I really want to encourage you to jump back into that because you're not only going to help yourself, you're going to help other people as they listen to you. But yeah, in trauma, in pain, we have a greater need than we do to think. Yeah. Right. So the need is 
I have this stuff stored up in my heart. These are the emotions. I got to get this out. And if I can look across the room in the room of trusted brothers under the safety and security of the small group guidelines, knowing I can share whatever and no one's going to try to fix me or judge me. Uh, when I can see my pain in your eyes, that's where change happens. And so that's the beauty of um, organizing that pain and, and coming to a, a better understanding. So, Andy, in this space, man, really real plain language, somebody is kind of on the early, the fringe of um, maybe overthinking it or still kind of white knuckling it. What comes first? the heart or the mind? Is it the emotion? Is it the understanding? What, what do I do with that? And, and how do I, what, what's the order of change in that process? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, I think they're so closely linked that sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah. But I think it right now where you're at, if you're feeling pain, Mm-hmm. Let the emotion be the place to start. Pay attention to it. Pay attention yeah. to it. Put it into words. Yeah. And if you're sitting there going, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I know something's not right. Let the understanding be the place to start. Yeah. And get around people that can help you organize it. Yeah, that's good. And we've said this before, but there is a mental part of this. Make a decision. I'm yes. making a decision. And then a heart response is to trust the process, which is connected to the thinking too, but it's the heart. I'm bringing my heart. I don't know how this works, but I'm just going to one moment at a time. That sounds so cliche to say that, but it's so true. Just trust the process. Make a decision followed by the process. But closing thoughts from you, Andy, broad, big picture, what's on your heart with this, man? Yeah, I think just even as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing that the process of change, it oscillates and crosses over and intertangles between head change and heart change. Mm. And as soon as I'm gaining head understanding, I'm realizing that there's some deeper heart change that's starting to happen. And the cool thing is, is that that's what God does in our life for the rest of our life. Yeah. In Philippians 1, 6, I, this has been one of my verses that I cling to in this process, that mm. we can be confident of this, that he that started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Yeah. And so God's not done with us yet. If he has started that process of change in you, he is going to be so faithful and so grace-filled and loving to carry on that change in you. And it's our job is just to show up. Yeah, I love that. I was sharing, I think you probably... um, I can't remember who taught down in Fayetteville, but just that, that Psalm 139, I don't even know if it's a part of the lesson. I used it in my lesson this, this past week, but, but just that search me, Oh God, search my heart. See if there's anything in me that makes you sad. And here's the thing. And I love that word sad because anything that's creating a disconnection between us and God makes him sad. Mm-hmm. It's like, Lord, reveal that to me. And the way we can pay attention to that is what's making us sad, what's making us disconnect, and ultimately get to that end of that verse is so that we can be led on the path of everlasting life. And when we can honor the pain and organize the thoughts 
then we begin to experience him and relationships around us, even the way we see ourselves in new ways. And we develop a new understanding of how to walk in this chaotic, broken world and yet still have peace. Uh, only God can do that. That's the but God, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, good conversation, Andy. Uh, thanks for for being with me today. Uh, I love how we jump in. It's like, I don't know where this is going, but it always uh, ends uh, really cool. It's always some really rich stuff, and I always get good stuff out of your sharing. So thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, man. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for being with us today. I hope this has been um, beneficial, maybe even a little challenging to make you think a little bit. I would just want to encourage you that uh, the process of change always starts with Jesus. Um, It's just going and saying, Jesus, you are the higher power in my life, and I can't do this without you. Thank you that you love me enough to die for me, and I'm going to start there. And when we do that in principle one, it's a game changer. So we hope and pray that you'll take that step. Maybe you're sharing this with someone in your family or close proximity. Maybe you're the one that's listening because somebody shared it. Just want to encourage you, come be a part of this. You can join us at Fellowship Celebrate Recovery in Fayetteville and in Rogers on Friday nights, 6 p.m. Connection Cafe, and we start at 7 p.m. Hey, thanks for being with us. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.